0: Welcome to the Bethel Christian Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Eric Capelli. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, we're going to look in the Bible book of Genesis um, because we're starting pretty much a new sermon series, and that goes along with what Jen shared with us today of God birthing a dream within her heart. And so today I want to talk to you about that, and I pose a question to you at the beginning of the month that I'll pose to you every single week. And that question is, what is your dream? Do you have a dream? Do you have a dream for your life? Do you have a dream for your family? Do you have a dream for this church? Do you have a God-given dream, a dream that only God can give you? And if you have that dream, wonderful, because this month is going to help you get closer to it. But if you don't have that dream, I believe that it's God's desire that that dream is born within your heart today. Why do I believe that? Because when I look at the plan of God throughout the Bible, for example, the prophecy in the book of Joel about the outpouring of the Spirit, And when I see in the book of Acts that the Spirit was poured out upon people, the prophecy says very clearly that the young men will dream dreams and the old men will have visions. God meant for his people to be a people that hear his voice, to be a people that look at the world around them and are able to see God work within it. What I think is beautiful is this. In order to be empowered, to live for Jesus in our daily lives. I believe we need to be commissioned by a God dream, which helps us to see the mundanity of our world through the perspective of God's redemptive plan. Do you believe that God has a plan? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Because if you believe that, then you're going to believe that God, of course, has a plan for the world, and he's got a plan for the church, and he's got a plan for your family. But I want to be very specific and personal. God has a plan for you. And God's plan for you is not a human plan. It is a God-given, God-breathed, god birth plan in your life. It is supernatural. It has to do with his resources being poured into a life that says, Lord, here I am. Take me and use me. And I believe that we need that. And the reason I believe that we need that is because we all just kind of go with the humdrum of everyday life. I don't know about you, but I think that is 100% boring, boring, boring. Like, boring. Like, if your life goal is, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to retire, and I'm going to sit in an Adirondack chair on my little porch in front of my house, like, if that's how you're ending it, my honest assessment of that is, end my life right now. Yeah? I want to be standing in God's dream, not only at the end of my life, but actually, when I go to be with him, I will be in his dream for all of eternity. See, I want to look at the world around me and I want to see it through God's glasses. I want to look at the hurt and the pain and the problems and the sin. And instead of complaining about it, I want to believe that God is going to give me what I need to offer his plan of salvation to that need. And I think that Jen represented that in what she shared with us today. You can't get any clearer than that. I want to look in the word of God today. And before I do so, I want to open up with a quote from the author, Charles Swindoll. He wrote a beautiful series, and I would recommend it. I'm not a big book person of recommending books, but in particular, these books are sketches on the lives of people in the Bible. And he wrote a book about Joseph, calling it a man of forgiveness and a man of integrity. And one of the quotes that he has about kind of dreaming and being used by God is the following. Swindoll says your call will become clear as your mind is transformed by the reading of the scripture and the internal work of God's spirit. You can't run past God or his word. The spirit never hides his will from us. In time, as you obey the call first to follow, your destiny will unfold before you. The difficulty will lie in keeping our other concerns from diverting your attention. Do you know how much I, like when I hear this quote, I have gone through this over and over again. And the reason that I am specifically preaching this message to you is the following, that I believed when the Spirit of God touched my life that God had big things in store. And as the Spirit of God began to show me that, I thought this is wonderful, this is great, like people are gonna love all of this. But what I began to realize is, is that most people out there in our world or in our churches have never dared to dream a God dream. Before I can get you on the page of believing as a church for God to do great things with our community, if you haven't stepped out in faith, if you haven't had a God dream given to you, I can preach until I'm blue in the face, I can shout it, scream it, and make it happen until I'm exhausted, but the only thing is, I will be a one-man band. I believe that God has a plan for each and every one of you, a God dream for your life. And when we combine that together as a church body, that is when we will see our community really truly be transformed. We have to dare to dream again. Things will come in the way of that dream, but we have to keep on dreaming. I wanna look in the word of God with one another today And look in Genesis, Genesis verse 37, that shows us about the life of Joseph, a man who dared to dream a God dream. And it says the following in Genesis 37, 6 and 7 and verse 9. It says, Joseph said to his brothers, listen to this dream that I had. He says to his brothers and his father and mother, you were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Like, are you kidding me, buddy? Verse 9. He says to them again a second time about a dream. Listen, he says, I had another dream. And this time the sun, meaning his dad, and the moon, his mother, and the 11 stars, meaning his 11 other brothers, were bowing down to me. In the words of Estelle from the Golden Girls, picture it. Sicily, no, just kidding. Picture it. Jerusalem. And in that, we have to understand That when God emboldens us with a dream, there is something that happens. Picture Joseph, this man and this young boy who had these great desires and God-given dreams. He spoke them out to his family. See, God, just like he gave Joseph a dream, just like he gave others in the Word a dream, he is also going to give you a dream. But I want to be clear with you this morning. There will be things and people and circumstances that are going to try to get in the way of that dream. And how you act, react, and respond to that will determine if you fulfill that dream that God has for your life. The first thing that we need to know when we start to dream is the following. That when you dare to dream a God dream, you will be scorned by people. Can we have that grow up lesson right now? We live in a society where we act as if everyone's going to be on board. Everyone's going to agree with us. Everyone's going to love what we're doing. No, they will not. You will have naysayers. You will have people that don't like what you're doing. You will have other believers not like what God is doing in your life. It's like I said to you, when you dare to live by the Spirit, when you dare to fulfill that God dream, you're going to get a lot of people getting nervous in the service. You're going to get people that don't like you, that gossip about you and slander you. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. Yeah, the Bible tells me a lot of good things, but the Bible tells me a lot of reality. Why do I know this? Well, let's look at the life of Joseph after he shares this dream. Genesis 37, verses 10 through 11. It says, when he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him, meaning he got in trouble, and his dad said, what is this dream that you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? I don't know about you, but I'm Italian. If my kid said, you're bowing down to me, I'd be like, buddy, it ain't happening. Someone's bowing and it's not me. So he says in verse 11, he says, and his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. See, when God is giving you that God dream, like I said, you will be scorned by people. People are going to get jealous. The green-eyed monster is going to come out of them. Others are not going to understand it completely. Just like his father, on the one end, he's kind of insulted by his son. On the other end, what Jacob knew was he was a dreamer. He had had a dream at a place called Bethel of angels ascending and descending from heaven. Jacob was the son of Isaac, a dreamer, and Isaac was the son of Abraham, also a God dreamer. So Jacob was thinking, wait a second, we're all given to these God dreams, but the thing that this kid is saying, how is this going to happen? And the brothers, they were not liking it. Really, to be dead honest with you, and again, people will not like it. Why do I say that to you? In my own life, like I said, I thought that when I stepped out in faith, others were going to be excited. When I became a missionary and went overseas, people were not happy. Sometimes when people are upset about what God is doing in your life, they don't express it in sympathy. They express it in anger and in hostility. People don't stand behind you. People get angry. They say mean things. They try to clip your wings. That's part of the process. And if you think for one second on the tail end, when the Holy Spirit led me and my family back to the United States, that people were happy. They were not. I had people plaguing me. Oh, you're coming back to the U.S.? Did God tell you to do that? I said, like, are you in your right mind? Like, that's what I want to say to people. Like, as if I'm going to uproot my wife and kids, and God didn't tell me. Yeah, but is the Lord leading you? I said, listen, people. When you become a missionary, the Holy Spirit practically kicks you every day until you get to the mission field. But I don't need the Spirit of God to tell me to come home. (laughs) Believe me, I have his leading. It's not up to you to tell me if I'm being led or not. I know and I'm obedient to what he's telling me to do. You, mind your business. I've come to learn this as I've stepped out in faith, and it's not a fun lesson to learn, but it says we oftentimes are looking for the affirmations or the confirmations of others when we dare to dream. However, if you believe that your dream is from God, You have to be the one to own it with everything in you, even if no one else does. Come on. I've had people say that to me, even as a pastor. Oh, pastor, you don't know what the Lord wants to do in my life. You don't know what he's called me to do, and this and that, and this person. I said, listen, listen, listen. No person, no devil, and no situation will rob you from what God is doing in your life. If you set your heart and mind to obey Christ, he will raise you up. He will fulfill that dream, and no one will stand against you. Yeah, I'm preaching, sister, and you know it. The second thing I've come to learn through the years is a God dream is birth with the help of two midwives, but you're not going to like their names. Their names are opposition and criticism. Those are not fun names for the midwives that birth your dreams. But why do I know that these two opponents are there every step of the way as you are stepping out in faith and believing God? Well, I believe that because, again, the Bible tells me so. Let's look at Isaiah 53, verse 3. When we look at Jesus the very Son of God. We're not talking about Joseph here. We are talking about Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, as he comes to fulfill the God dream that God has for the world through his Son. Isaiah 53.3 shows us how humanity responded to Jesus. It says, and he, meaning Jesus, was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain, grief like one from whom people hide their faces he was despised and yet we held him in low esteem despised rejected despised low esteem are you hearing those words yeah Those are the sentiments that the world felt about Jesus. Those are the sentiments that the Jewish people felt about the one that was promised after thousands and thousands of years. When he appeared on the scene, they rejected him, they despised him, and they did not, not, not want him. Well, why am I telling you this? Well, because, like I said, I've come to believe And know the following, that nothing in life comes easy. If they were not easy on Joseph, and they were not easy on Jesus, then rest assured they will not go easy on you. That is a grow-up lesson. And I learned that through practical experience, because here I was, the dreamer, together with my wife, We're missionaries and we're pouring ourselves out in a culture and in a country. We're taking people and everyone's telling us. And I say, I've met so many pipe dreamers, even Christian pipe dreamers. And you know what I think a pipe dream is? I think pipe dream is poop that goes through the the sewer system. Yeah, that's what a pipe dream is to me, a bunch of poop. And the reason I say it like that is, is because we've constantly heard inside and outside of the church, oh, the Lord this, and the Lord showed me this, and the Lord told me that. Okay, good, if He told you and He showed you, then where is the evidence in your life? And if the Lord told you and showed you that, then when you see it happening in your church and in your community, as the Lord is using us, why are you standing in opposition? Oh, well, pastor, See, when you were asking and you were praying and believing God that the church was going to grow, that people were going to get saved, you don't understand. I've sat in that seat for 30 years. The people in the church are my friends and now I don't know anyone anymore. These are the complaints I heard. I don't know anyone anymore. All the new people that are coming in, they're taking over our responsibilities. Oh, pastor, as we're planting churches and doing things and releasing people into ministry, you're asking for us to collect money for these things. All you want is our money. No, I don't. The reality is this. When God starts releasing and working and moving, he wants you to step into what he's doing, and it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you and your emotions and your prayers and your finances and in your social circles because when God moves, look out. When God moves, amazing things begin to happen. The other thing that I've learned along the way that I want to share with you is this. A God dream is going to stretch your character and reshape your response. Are you ready? Ready? A few months ago, I preached about dreaming, and I asked the church, do you want to dream with me? And two services, people stood up, and on the one end, I was happy, and to be honest with you, on the other end, I was apprehensive. Yeah, because I really think, do you really know what you're praying? Do you really know what you're getting yourselves into with me? Yeah? Yeah? Because if I'm going to dare to dream, you better start dreaming like I do and acting like I do. Because if I have dared to dream and God is asking you to dream, he is requiring to mold you and shape you. I thought that was so wonderful what Jen shared with us in our presentation. That the kids that she needed to minister to, they didn't know God's identity. But as she was in that process of praying and believing, God was shaping and forming her. God was showing her through his father's love what he wanted her to be. If he did it in and if he did it in me, oh, you bet your last dollar he's going to do it in you. He's going to do it. He's going to stretch you. Why do I know this? Again, the Bible tells me so. Matthew 5, through 12, the very words of Jesus as he tails down the Beatitudes on the Sermon on the Mount. He says to those that are there, he says, blessed are you, and get ready for this. When people insult you, and I'm going to say it with a smile, and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of things and evil against you because of me. And this is my favorite part. Ready? Get ready for this. Because he says insult and persecute and falsely accuse you. But then he says in verse 12, Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Wait, wait a second. Jesus knows that when I step out in faith, Jesus knows when I listen to the Holy Spirit, Jesus knows that as I spread his kingdom, it's not going to be rainbows and unicorns. No! Jesus knows that you are going to face hardship when you genuinely start to walk in the God dream that he has for your life. But he says this to you, rejoice, rejoice and be glad. Can I tell you something? I had a lot of difficulty with that. I had a lot of difficulty because as I was dreaming and I saw God doing amazing things like incredible, incredible new churches being formed, leaders coming and being trained up and pastoring churches, it was, it was awesome to see what God is doing. I had a conflict in that because I was trying to grapple with the fact of, God, you promise these things and you're fulfilling them, but people are acting this way. Fellow Christians are acting this way. I couldn't rhyme those two together. And so one day as I was reading my Bible, I was reading a particular portion about the life of Paul in the book of Corinthians. And he says that verse, and we like to quote this verse, you know, I take all things captive under the authority of Christ, all thoughts that are acknowledge themselves above the things of God. And I'm reading that verse, but I read the context of that verse. And Paul declares that after he says that the Corinthian church is actually being rude to him. They're insulting the apostle Paul they're telling him you have no guts you write us letters but you don't dare to come in person you think you're an apostle you're not you're just a man with big words and no actions this is what the church and Corinth said to Paul and so as I'm going through that conflict of interest internally and sitting on my couch thinking I must be the suckiest missionary the world has ever known the Spirit of God spoke to me and he said to me If they treated Jesus like that, and they treated Paul like that, they're going to treat you like that. Bear it. That wasn't an easy thing to hear because I was hoping God would speak to me and say, no, everything's going to be great. Everyone's going to be supportive of you. No. He said to me, if you keep stepping out in this manner, get ready to bear it. Get ready. And so that was an important lesson. See, when we let our negative circumstances or the ill reactions of other people get the best of our emotions, we jeopardize the fulfillment of our God dream. Can I get an amen? That's why we need to train ourselves to be alert and in control of our emotions, 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, and the following I genuinely believe in, an emotional wreck is the devil's playground. See, it's okay to experience emotion. We all get hurt, come on. We all get disappointed. We've all felt like we've had broken dreams and broken hopes. I think we can all fill books with that. But I can't stay there. I can't live there. I cannot live in abandoned hopes and dreams. I cannot live in broken dreams of the past. Why? Because broken things and broken dreams are the place that the dark things and the mean things and the evil things like to inhabit. And so I've determined that in the midst of pain and hurt and discouragement, yes, I will cry. Yes, I will be disappointed. And yes, I will get angry. You betcha. However, I will believe that God's dream will be fulfilled for my life. I will believe that in the midst of criticism and opposition and hardship, that God is telling me, choose joy. It's your choice. You can rise above it. A quote that really spoke to me, and it's quoted often by the speaker and the author, Benet Brown. She wrote a wonderful book uh, about just vulnerability. I like that to some degree, but I feel like the world we live in is a little bit too vulnerable sometimes. It's like you don't have to throw it all out there for everyone. I'm a little bit old school. But she quotes this quote often from Theodore Roosevelt, and it's just a shortened version of the quote for today. And former President Roosevelt said the following. He said, it is not the critic who counts. It is not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man or to the woman who is actually in the arena. Whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who in the worst, if he or she fails, at least fails while daring greatly. You've heard me say it, and I'll say it again this morning. We all live in the world of Captain Obvious. We all live in the world of critics and cynics and people that try to burst your bubble and burst your dream and burst what God is trying to do in your life. But I believe that the Lord is calling us all to take a stand. See, when you forget about what other people think about you, when you forget about what other people say about you, when you begin to walk in that God dream, God is able to manifest his kingdom through your life like never before. And it is not about your critics. It is not about your skeptics. It is about those who need Jesus. It is about your family and friends who need Christ. It is about your neighbors who need Jesus. It is about your schools that need Christ. It is about your churches that need a move of God like they've never seen before. So today, I will stand in that arena. Today, I am asking you, will you dare to dream for yourself? Will you dare to stand in that arena? Before we stand in that arena today, we're reminded of Christ who dared to dream. And he dared to dream on the night that he was betrayed. Picture dreaming on a night that you know you're getting betrayed. And if you have your communion elements with you, you can take them. If you're watching online from home and you want to get that ready, please do so. But Jesus, as he sat at a table, he was dreaming about his life beyond crucifixion and beyond the grave as jesus sat there at the passover meal a meal that the jewish people had celebrated for thousands of years jesus dreamt in that moment and when jesus was dreaming he spoke about his body see normally when they ate the bread at that table when they were eating that bread it reminded them of the quickness in which they had to flee from egypt as slaves because there was no yeast in the bread to make it rise it was quick and easy bread But that yeast also symbolized sin that would set into the human life. And so during Passover, they got rid of all of the yeast and the bread was just a flat bread, quick and flat and easy. And Jesus said, we are not celebrating a quick deliverance. We are not celebrating the eradication of sin. My body is now the symbol of this bread or vice versa. My body is gonna be broken for the wholeness of the world. My side is gonna be pierced so that you can have unlimited access into my presence. Jesus dreamt at that table knowing that they would betray him. And so Jesus, he offered them the bread and he gave thanks. And he had told them, this is my body which is broken for you. Then during that same meal, there were five cups of wine on the table. Each wine representing, each cup representing something different. But during the meal, Jesus, he raised up the fifth cup, the cup of the Messiah. Now, mind you, they had been waiting thousands of years for someone to deliver them. But as Jesus raised that fifth cup, he said to them, this is the blood of my new covenant the blood that is being shed for you. And in that very statement, Jesus is saying, the very Messiah that was promised to you, he is sitting here today in front of you. I am he. The same Jesus who spoke these words to his disciples speaks them to you and I today. He says, unless you eat my flesh symbolically through the bread and drink my blood symbolically through the grape juice or the wine, then you are not worthy of me. And why did he say that? Because Christ gave his all. In the midst of opposition, in the midst of criticism, he stood in that arena, naked, bruised, and bleeding for you. And he cries out to his church, will you dream those new things with me? Will you step into that newness? Though none go with you, will you follow? So today, as we eat and drink and give thanks, let us do that as being people that say, Lord, just like Christ, let me dream the dreams that you have. Let me dream starting with me today. It's all about you today. Normally I don't do that. But it is about you because if you don't dare to dream his dream for you, you're never gonna dream with me. You never will. So let us eat and drink today. Jesus, we give you thanks for your body that was broken, and we know that through your broken body you are making us whole. The world around us is being made whole. We may hear of wars and rumors of wars. We may see violence and we may see evil, but your kingdom is spreading itself. To men and women, young and old, people from every tribe, tongue, and nation, through your broken body, your dream is to make us whole. Let us eat of the bread today. And today we also drink and we give thanks to the Lord because without the shedding of blood there can be no forgiveness of sin. And because Jesus shed his blood on the cross, he was able to die and rise again and then return as our king. And so that statement really what it means is we were meant to die in our sin. But because of Jesus, we will live in the God dream forever that's described in the book of Daniel and Revelation and in some of the minor prophets. We will go to a new heaven and a new earth where there will be no more sickness and no more death and no more crying and no more pain and no more evil because, see, the Lamb, Jesus, that was slain is also the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the reigning king who will reign forevermore. So today, let us drink with the realization that we are entering into that new kingdom that he promised. Let us stand with one another today. You can hold your cups for a moment. The ushers, they'll gather them for you. Don't do anything crazy with the cups. Stick it in your pocket if you need to. Put it on your chair. Because I wanna get to the heart of the matter this morning. I had asked you a few weeks ago about people daring to dream with me. And today, I have a little bit of a philosophy. Sometimes you got to go backwards in order to go forwards. And I realized in preaching that, that I needed to get you to get to the place that you would dare to dream for yourself. And so I am looking for men and women of God today that say, Pastor, I am going to dare to dream. I want God to give me a dream of his plan for my life and the people around me. Not for my benefit, but for the benefit of his kingdom. Yeah, we're not a prosperity gospel church. We are a kingdom of God church. And if it means money comes along, great. But that's not what I'm looking for here. I'm looking for the kingdom of God to be visible in our lives and our actions and in the things that we do. So I'm asking you today, do you want to dream that God dream? If you do, just lift your hand this morning and say, God, I want to dream that God dream. Show me today what your plan is. Let your Holy Spirit reveal that to me. Where are you going with me? Where are you going with my life? Lord, no matter what the criticism is, no matter what the opposition is, Lord, today I stand in that arena. Lord, though none go with me, still I will follow. Though people criticize me, I will listen to your voice. Though people scorn me, I will listen to the dream that you have for me. Lord, help me to dare to dream that. And Lord, stretch me beyond my human ability. Be very careful when you pray that one but he will give you the power through his Holy Spirit. And so Lord, I ask that your spirit would begin to fall upon this place today. Lord, let your Holy Spirit breathe upon your people and let them feel your presence right now in this moment. We know in the book of Joel, the Holy Spirit had to come to make them into dreamers, to make them into people that could hear your voice and be the army that you intended them to be. Spirit of God, sweep over this house today. Touch people deep within, Lord. Lord, let them see, let them feel, let them know what you want. Just like Jen shared, some people might be calling, being called to foster. Lord, that's a, that's a whole calling in and of itself, and I know that you speak that. Some people are being called to get their families in order. Some people are being called to be a witness at their work. Some people are being called into their professions, but to bring the kingdom of God into it like never before. Lord, work on your people. As we round off the service this morning, I am gonna have these altars open. And I personally, I wanna pray with people today. I'm gonna ask some people, I'm gonna ask Jen and Ken if they wanna come up to the front. I'll ask my wife if you wanna join me here. We're gonna pray for people, for the dream that God has for you, that the anointing of God would flow upon you. Also, Pastor Chris, if you're available, I'd like to ask you to pray with us to believe God for people for that. We're gonna stand here and we're gonna believe God for you that that dream, just like Joseph dreamed, just like God had a dream through Jesus, that that dream is gonna flow through your life and be accomplished by the power of the Holy Spirit. The ushers will dismiss you. If you need prayer, just come and line up and we'll start praying for you. A few things that I need to draw to your attention in a moment are just the following, that sign up for life groups is available in the back or via the app or the website. Another thing that I want to make known is that the cafe is open. Aside from those things, please respond today and let the Spirit of God work through your life like never before. God bless you guys. We'll be here to pray for you. Thanks for tuning in to the Bethel Christian Church Message of the Week. Head to Bethelcc.org to stay up to date with everything that's going on at Bethel Christian Church.